Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I've got a lot to talk about in today's episode, so I'm really excited that you joined me. I have been discussing this week in my emails and in my private conversations and in day one this weekend about this concept of upstream and downstream thoughts. That's an Abraham Hicks concept that I was introduced to by a fellow coach this week. She sent me a video Um, talking about this concept and I wanted to share it with my communities, my audience and explain to you all why, how this applies to you not having what I like to call the big three. So what are the big three that everybody wants? We want money, we want love and we want health. Those are generally the big three and uh, when you when you think about your life and you think about those big three, usually somebody usually struggles with one of those three. Like almost everyone I know I think has had trouble with one of those three in their lives and usually the one that you want the most of is the one that you have the least of and the one that you tend to grasp at the most. So I really wanted to bring in this concept of upstream thoughts and downstream thoughts and give examples of how that uh, works and how I've seen it happen and kind of what you can do about that. We did a technique in our group this weekend in day one on this very thing, on being able to shift out of those upstream thoughts. But I first want to just explain to you what an upstream thought is. And I'm going to first use the concept um, that Abraham Hicks was talking about. Uh, There was a person that was talking about their money situation and they were talking about how they had lost their job a while ago and they were starting to get interviews. Great, amazing, but no one was hiring them and they only had 30 days left of money or something like that. So Abraham Hicks was talking about the the upstream thought would be the thoughts about focusing on the not getting hired and what happens when you focus on that. You create, what happens when you focus on the not being hired, that's an upstream thought and that creates an emotion you know, the not good enough, not worthy, that emotion and that emotion in the right now creates our reality. So I want to even make this more simple. Think about if you've ever struggled with money and then you have like, or picture yourself in a situation where you only have 30 days left of money, right? The way that Abraham Hicks was talking about it was, oh, you got 30 days left. I only got 30 days left. I got to make money. I got to create money. I only got 30 days left. 29 days left. I got 29 days left. I only got 29 days. Got to make money. 28 days, 28 days. Think about the energy that that holds we often do this where we're like I've got to create something I I feel hear the hear my voice hear hear this this angst I gotta I gotta create something I gotta I gotta shift this I gotta move it I gotta I gotta this is the energy 
that we have. And that energy is grasping energy. Those are upstream thoughts. Uh, another example of this, not used by Abraham Hicks in this video, but by me, Andy Scarantino, is like when you're trying to lose weight. I remember when I was really overweight, you know, I'm like, what, 5'3", I remember being like 190 pounds and getting it on the scale every day. I'm like, oh my God, it still says this. I'm 189, 189, I can't believe I weigh 189. Oh my God, and get to, you know what, you starve yourself for a whole day. You get on the scale the next day. Oh my God, I still weigh 189. What the hell? Like, And you're like, this, this is a trigger for a lot of people with weight because they'll see a number that anchors them to an emotional state of lack, of unworthiness, of personal upset, of things like all of those, all of those things. So what happens is they create the same reality because our, our emotions create our realities. Our emotions are dependent on our, our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions create our realities. This is Team Quantum. If you need the science behind this, I'd be happy to, if you want to send me an email, I'd be happy to send you literature to read. Um, but this all goes back to quantum physics. Our emotions really do create our reality and we draw the reality to us based on the emotional state that we're in. So if we're in that emotional state of lack, we create more lack. That's what these upstream thoughts are. So if you're thinking about things in terms of like, oh my God, I can't believe that this number says this on the scale or oh, I've only got 28 days left of money. 28 days. So I got 28 days. Gotta, gotta create the miracle soon. How long I got fucking 25 more The fuck is it? Like that, that energy is not creating you abundance. That energy is lack energy, creating more lack energy. So what we did in day one was we did a, uh, a simple technique um, and we, we went through an exercise to anchor to emotional states that did not create that. So what you guys may not know, if you've been listening to the Get the Fuck Off podcast now for a while, you probably know that everything happens right now. There is no such thing as the future. The past that you perceive to have already happened has already happened and that's that. Um, but that's not happening like that's over. Like we're not, we're not five years old right now. We're right now. And if you, if you broaden that to a bigger, larger, harder to digest concept, everything past, present, and future is happening right now. But I'm not going to try to blow your mind or make it expand to that level on the Get the Fuck Off podcast. We're all here because we want to get the fuck off, right? Like that's why we're here. And, um, this is this is a big concept because right now is when everything's happening and you create your next moment based on your emotions of this moment. This moment becomes this moment, which becomes this moment, which becomes this moment. So what we did was we, we went through an exercise to allow us to anchor to different emotional states. And the only way that you can really attract the things that you want is to fucking forget about it. Like you, the, the focus of the not having is the thing that's got to change. Now, I want to talk about this concept of falling from grace. Because when I was talking to my group, I think all of us had, um, maybe not everyone, but there was a bit of commonality in the fact that some of us were feeling the upstream thoughts in certain areas. And you almost, all, I like, we haven't always felt those upstream thoughts in those areas. But sometimes we fall from grace. And I used this example. And I want to be very clear because I think that our brains like to make meaning about things. 
I am not talking about sobriety. I am about to talk about this concept of recovery. So just so you all know, I'm sober since uh, December 26th, 2019. I have been sober every day since December 26th, 2019. Uh, just, Just putting this out there before I say this next sentence. Relapse is a part of recovery. There are that's not, that's not always, that's not always the case, but there are versions of relapse that don't involve breaking sobriety. So when I talk about recovery, um, there are ways that I've fallen from grace in my recovery that don't involve drinking or smoking or doing any of those behaviors because those are just behaviors and those are things that are non-negotiables for me. I'm sober, I'm going to stay sober, you know, that's something that I'm committed to. But I have fallen from grace in different areas of recovery that aren't sobriety. Anger is one of those uh, areas I have had um, a very stressful year and I've allowed anger to creep back into my my beingness at times during this year that I, I really was pretty free of anger. I was pretty free of anger for about two solid years. There was not much anger at all. Like if anger came in, I would observe the anger, the anger would go out. You know, like anger would come in, anger would go out. Lack is another one. Um, I left a really well-paying job, even though I hated the job, uh, to work for myself. And uh, before I, yeah, I left the well-paying job, you know, pandemic stuff, to uh, a couple of side jobs, but still paid really, really well. Really didn't like the jobs, but like they paid really, really well. They supplemented my business income. And then I, I said, you know, I, I think I'm ready to work for myself solely. And, you know, things come up. You know, my catalytic converter got stolen. Like, I just all shit comes up. Shit that you don't even think about. Like, my driver's license is expired. <laughs> like, all kinds of shit that you just don't even think about right so when it when it comes down to it like I have fallen into lack mentality and what happens lack breeds lack so there's there are these ways that I have fallen from grace in my what I consider to be recovery I don't equate recovery to sobriety sobriety is sobriety recovery is recovery they're two different things um and there are ways that you can fall from grace in the, uh, my partner Martin John refers to this as recovering yourself. Because I think a lot of people think about recovery and they think about that as you're sober or you're, we used to use the word straight edge back in the day, which I guess was a, an amplified version of sober. You know, I don't do any drugs, I don't drink, I don't, you know, I put substances in my body. I don't know what they still use that. That was a 90s, that was a 90s term. The, you know, it looked like sex written out, big X in the middle, <laughs> you know, straight edge. But uh, relapse can happen in ways that are in your recovery, meaning like you're recovering, meaning you're getting yourself back, can happen in ways that don't involve sobriety. You know, like you can relapse into anger states. You can relapse into lack mentality. You can relapse into um, self-loathing, over-analysis. That's another one. Like you can relapse into uh, hyper-achievement, self-judgment. There are all these ways that you can relapse. So for example, if you've had like an eating disorder, eating disorders often have a lot to do with control, uh, lack of inherent worthiness, things like that. Well, you might not relapse into your eating disorder, but you might relapse in these areas that 
were a catalyst to fire, to fuel, to add fuel to the fire of your eating disorder. Like maybe you're somebody that has a restrictive eating disorder. And when you feel like your life is in chaos and you're out of control, you over-restrict. Well, maybe you stop the restricting behavior, but there are that that still happens where like you feel like your life is out of control and then like what happens is you might fall from grace in other areas. You might continue to like eat in a way that's not restrictive. Please pardon the noise. There's very loud vehicles that love to drive down my street right when I'm recording the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Here's that anger we were talking about. Um, but back to that. The restrictive, uh, the restrictive eating disorder. You might stop restricting, but you might fall from grace in other areas. Because like when I was drinking, there was a lot of anger um, coupled with the drinking. So even though I don't drink necessarily when I'm falling from grace, I might go back into that anger. And a lot of this like... This sort of stuff, when we fall from grace, can lead us into these upstream thoughts. Uh, Different themes besides money, love, and health. Uh, Imposter syndrome was something that came up. Am I good enough? Do I even belong here? Is this something that is for me? Is this something that I am supposed to be doing at this time? Uh, this is stuff that came up and sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world and then you fall from grace and then all of a sudden you're like, why was I ever there in the first place? Like what the fuck is, is wrong with me? And this is where we have to notice. It's a feeling. I, I think you guys probably will feel it maybe in your solar plexus or your heart. Um, some people feel it like going around in spirals in their minds. Like it's a lot of mind fuckery, anxiety, things like that. Noticing where you feel it in your body, that's a good location. And then what we do to get into that moving downstream, and we did this beautiful exercise where we did that, is to anchor to a state that is not that. Because it can't be that the thing that is upsetting you right now, like, I've only got 28 days left of money. I've only got 28 days left of money. I've been out of money in 28 days. Like, you can't, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to think about that and get a different result. Like, you're not. That's not going to happen. Like, if you're thinking about that, you're going to get that. That is what you're going to get more of. Like, that's just, that's going to be the thing, right? So that's not the thing that we want to do. We want to anchor to something else. And, uh... I, I'll just share mine. I, in our group, it is a safe space. Anything that is shared in that group, we have all committed to keeping those shares um, to, within our circle. And of course, like if there's ever something that's incredibly like, like super profound and, you know, I think that my audience would get value out of it, obviously, like I would, I would talk to that member and, and use as much anonymity as possible, omit, you know, like any defining details but I would make sure that I had that person's go-ahead before I shared I don't think I've ever I don't think I've shared anybody's story as of yet because I'm, I'm really committed to us us being the sacred space that we are so I, I use my own experiences and I talk about myself because that's something that I'm free to do and I don't need anybody else's permission to do that so I'm just going to share mine I was asking everyone to anchor to the state that and there is a technique which I shared with the group members on how you could anchor to that technique 
and I was I was talking to them about how to anchor to a state and then I was asking them to go through this process with me and to anchor to their emotional state. So were the were the, not the emotion that they were feeling in that upstream thoughts but rather the emotion of what would be the downstream thoughts because you could change your thoughts to the opposite and focus on things that are opposite of the things that make you feel like you're swimming upstream but this is um, a very important note that I made. I have a piece of paper that says it right here and I had everybody write it down. You cannot out logic your programming. You cannot out logic your programming. You got a pen? Does anybody got a pen? If you got, get a pen, get a pen. Write this down. You cannot out logic your programming. I want everybody, I don't care if you're in my group, not in my group, I'm, whatever, wherever, who, if you follow me a long time, you follow me for two hours, write that down. That is important because your intellect thinks that it can outlogic your programming and it and can't. It's in your body. It's deeper than that. That's the deeper work that I do with my clients in my group. We get deeper, get deeper than the intellect because it is not in your intellect. Your intellect is your intellect. That's the judgment machine that constantly judges day in and day out. It's deeper than your inter- intellect. You can't outlogic. So for example, if you're the person going into the job interview, people are calling you for interviews and you're not getting hired right you have a choice you could focus on not getting hired or you could focus on continuously getting interviews but if your programming says I'm not worthy I'm not capable I'm not good enough what's going to happen you can't outlogic your programming your brain is going to choose the upstream thought every time so that's why we use this anchoring technique and if you guys um you know, ever get on a call with me, have conversations with me, participate in my groups, work with me one-on-one. This is just an example of one of these deeper level exercises that we would use. And, and the way that I, and then we all came up with different imagery in this. And mine was, and I'll share it with you all, mine was back in 2020 in the pandemic year, I, my whole life, I felt like I was in a rat race. Like from the time that I was young, when I was very young, um, you know, from being in in school, I, I felt my relationship wasn't great with my family when I was growing up. My relationship with my family is great now, but it wasn't during those years. And I had a lot of teen angst. I was very confused. I was always different than the other people in school, which turns out actually was a great blessing as I go forward in my life but I was different and it was not celebrated to be different Uh, it was not celebrated at all it was condemned it was frowned upon it was criticized it was a lot of that so I felt like I was always running I was running from like lower middle to middle middle class Pennsylvania like you could see the landfill with like the methane burning off of it at night. Like the, everybody dies of cancer there. Like it was just such a shitty fucking place to grow up. I went to a high school that didn't have AP courses at the time. I graduated with like 64 people. And I just felt always that I was just running away from that. And then I was in college and, you know, I, I pushed myself to the point of burnout. And then I got to New York and then the recession hit. And I was like, I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. I can't, I can't lose this apartment in Manhattan. Because I've always wanted to live in Manhattan and I can't lose this apartment and I can't go back there. I can't go back there. So I, I got stuck in my in my job because I was scared and I was young and that's that malleable 
time of my life where my brain was still a young brain. I was like 22, almost 23 years old. 23 was really the first main year that I was here. And I, I scared myself into doing the same thing over and over again. So I didn't lose this New York life that I wanted so badly for so long. And, um, then I got, you know, scared and I got scared. I got stuck in my job and all of that. And I just felt like I was always in the rat race to make more money because I had this astronomical student debt. Um, I'm not getting political here, but like my private debt will not be forgiven. Um, and, uh, I've probably paid close to, if not over 60 grand since I graduated from undergrad and that the principal has barely budged. So, um, yeah, so that's just something, um, it was a heavy weight for me when I was 23 and the the heavy weight of it was not something that I was emotionally ready to undertake so I cre- created the same reality over and over and I was just running and running and running and for years I just bound myself up into more stuckness with all of this shit and then in 2020 you know I had already stopped you know, um, drinking by that point, uh, when the pandemic hit and I had already stopped smoking and I was already running marathons. And so th- there were chunks that I had started to do to, to really move myself into a place of wellness. And, but it was really the first time that I got to slow down and I anchor a lot to the memories of the mornings by the East river when I would sit and the weather in 2020 just always seemed good. I mean, not in April, it rained every day, but like in June, right? In June, the weather was just good and it wasn't too hot and the sun was beautiful. And, you know, I used to run in the mornings and then I would listen to music. And then every day after that, I would, we would all, um, my friend Andy did a meditation every day on Facebook and I would just, he had just the most beautiful voice and he did it every single day and myself and a few others would show up every day and sit there and meditate together and I used to sit by the East River in the sun and I I would have my phone and I would just sit and it was the first time really in my life where I just felt like everything was just okay. It was the first time since I was you know, since I had that youthfulness when I was actually a kid, that I felt that life was just filled with limitless possibility. And and thinking of him and, and his bright, bright light, like he had the brightest light out, out of anybody that I, I, he's not dead. He's just, I'm just saying he had, he, he has, he has the, the brightest light. I mean, he just has, but I think we were a lot closer back then than we are now. And, um, I think about it a lot and when I need to anchor to a state where I can create I anchor to that time and I anchor to those memories and I shared that with with the group it was it was powerful for me to share it because it and energy started moving and when I say energy started moving I mean I started crying like I I there were they were big wet tears that were coming down my my face but moving energy I mean crying is such a powerful way to move energy and I don't think I would have known that if it wasn't for Martin John and and the way that he explained it to me I mean he explained so much about energy 
he's a healer and uh, does energy work and he's phenomenal at, at what he does but he's explained to me a lot about moving energy and a lot of us have shame around allowing our energy to move because crying is not one of those things that is accepted um you know a lot of people take it as there's something wrong and I've got to fix it and I remember um I did some work with um she's a a fellow coach but I, I coached her for a little while the last few months and we were in a session and a tear fell and I asked her is there a story attached to that tear or is that just energy moving and I didn't realize it but she came to me after the fact and she said to me yeah I never I never thought about it that way and and that was really powerful because she'd always had shame around crying and now she just thinks of it as energy moving and and it and it completely changed that conversation for her. I was at my mother's uh, a couple weeks ago and I remember I, I was we had a we went to an amusement park that day that we had always gone to since I was a kid. Like and I'm a very sentimental type of person and uh, this is one of those amusement parks um it's called Knobles in Elysburg, Pennsylvania. It's in a rural area. It's a free admission park. You can pay for the rides by buying tickets and a lot of people just go and eat the food and walk around. I mean you pay for the food but like you don't have to pay to get into this park and the rides and the park and the food is exactly the same as it was 30 years ago and so my mother and my brother and I went and I was feeling uh, a lot of emotion about that visit and when I was home I, I, I was sitting in, in the living room and I was crying and my mother comes in and goes why are you crying and I was like oh I'm just I'm just moving energy and she she knows by now and she says oh you're on the path it's okay because <laughs> she always thinks it's funny when I say oh I'm on the path <laughs> she said that to uh, somebody she um doesn't work with but somebody in her orbit she's like I have a daughter that's on the path and he said to enlightenment (laughs) but we're all here just doing our work I got many incarnations but uh it's a way to think about it everybody you think about energy moving energy moving we're moving energy and I allowed energy to move on that call and I allowed myself to have that because it is in our bodies it's not in our intellect and when I said that earlier on this call when I used the and I asked you to write it down you cannot out logic your programming that's because all this shit is in your body Um, I learned this last year when I was in Sean Smith's elite uh coaching certification program ECCP um, and I learned his uh, his um, he does a program on neurotransformational coaching um, that is a, a trademark of his neurotransformational coaching and he has developed techniques based on you know NLP and a few other things um, to be able to help us get this shit out of our bodies so when we did the anchoring technique is is one of the techniques and we did that today on our call and I certainly had energy move and uh, it was it was really something special so I wanted to share that with you all that when you're having upstream thoughts you likely cannot out logic those thoughts but you can anchor to emotional states that'll lift you into places of joy love gratitude those elevated emotions and uh, that that's very helpful so that's it. I just wanted to like throw you guys a couple more things and then I'm going to wrap up. First, day one is open until September 14th. So you can go to my website and and click day one group coaching if you want to join. Uh, that page kind of sucks a little. I'm trying to rewrite it. I need to hire a VA <laughs> so that I can have somebody rewrite 
the copy on my website, so uh, I haven't done that yet. But you guys can definitely hit me up in an email or DM if you're interested. I think that I would do a better job uh, than that page would do of telling you about day one. But yeah, definitely check it out. Um, you can you can check out that page. You can go to dayone.getthefuckoff.com as well if you want to subscribe for updates on day one. I'm emailing about day one all this week and probably next week as well. So that's the first thing. The second thing, um, if you would like to um, leave me a tip for the Get the Fuck Off podcast, um, this is a completely free podcast that I do out of love. And uh, if you love it and you want to leave me a um, a Wikipedia donation. I like to call it the Wikipedia donation. You know how they ask for like $2.75 every year. Like the Wikipedia donation. Um, you can feel free to go to getthefuckoff.com slash podcast. I have a tip jar there because, you know, I was a bartender. You can leave me a tip in the tip jar. And the last thing is that I am a contributing author to a book called The Fourfold Formula for All Things Wellness. And that was a compilation book put together by Peggy Wilms and Dr. Marcus Vetstein. Um, and uh, the foreword is written by James Redfield, who is the New York Times bestselling author of The Celestine Prophecy. Sold over 23 million copies, I believe. And he wrote the foreword for our book. But there's 40 contributing authors in the book. And these are stories of the heart, mind, spirit, um, body. Like these are beautiful stories from the soul, from the heart, from like those really deep places. And that book launched on September 1st. I'm super excited. Really, really excited. Really excited to be in a book with James Redfield. Like how cool is that? Uh, but that's going to be up for sale on my website. It should be up for sale on my website by the time this hits your ears. But if not, it'll be up by the end of the week. I hope that you all have a wonderful Labor Day and uh, a great week ahead if you're listening to this past Labor Day. And uh, thank you so much for uh, being a loyal listener of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I do love and appreciate you for just being here and sharing story with me. If you have any questions about anything that, that I talked about on the podcast today, feel free to hit me up, uh, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, -E, at getthefuckoff.com. And I'll be back with another episode next week. Until that time, guys, you guys can stay safe, stay beautiful. I'll talk to you real soon.